Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Gas it up. All right, we're live. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for joining me again on the Shannon Smith Shooting Show podcast. We are in the midst of the IPSC Nationals, the U.S. IPSC Nationals. And I've got special guest again today, our range master buddy, Dan Bernard. Hello, Dan. Hey, how you doing? I've been telling dad jokes. Uh, so he's staying at my crib this weekend, and we finished staff day was yesterday, and the first com- competition day was today. So I'll have a recap on the match and more specifics in a later podcast. We were sitting around after busting our ass all day in the heat and sitting by the pool having a drink, talking about IPSC versus USPSA and different crap like that. And I thought, hell, let's turn the podcaster on and and see what happens. So we're going to kind of free ball this a little bit and uh, just basically brush over some of the topics that we've been sitting here talking about. And hopefully you'll, you'll find it interesting. Uh, General opinion, I'll let you lead off of this one. You just, I know you don't, and neither of us, little caveat, neither of us have a whole lot of IPSC experience in terms of international shooting. Uh, I think this is the fifth or maybe sixth IPSC nationals I've run. Uh, outside of that, I've got three world shoots and maybe a half a dozen matches uh, internationally total, and I'm not sure what Dan's got, but it's less than that. So we're, we're not the uh, authority on IPSC. It's just kind of a US, USPSA or... United States guys' opinion of, of the two and, and some of the differences. So just general opinion off the cuff. I'll let you lead off. What do you think about APSIC? Well, I would start by just saying, yeah, I'm glad you said what you did about me not being uh, uh, the world's foremost authority on, on IPSIC. In fact, I'm probably not the foremost authority on the differences between IPSIC and USPSA. I'm, I'm a range master with USPSA, but I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not an IRO or a IPSIC uh, uh, approved range officer. So, as you said, I, I, I'm, I'm not that experienced, that knowledge bond. This is a probably the third IPSC match I've ever shot or worked. Um, I did work one day of the world shoot when you had it at your place. So I've seen the big match, and I'm and I, and obviously running this this match under IPSC rules. Um, to, but to answer the question, yeah, I think the, or to answer the question in a disingenuous way is, I think they have more in common than, than they have difference. The difference between them I think are very slight, and and I, some people get really spun up about that. Uh, you know, we teach this uh, new guy class, introduction class at my place, uh, uh, to to bring people into the shooting sports, and we make a point in that class of saying, "Hey, you're going to meet people that shoot IDPA and don't shoot USPSA, and and some of them are really tribal about it, um, but all of the shooting sports have more in common with each other than than they than they have with baseball for example you know whatever so so I, I want to make sure that or we talked about this making sure that what we're saying isn't this is why we think USPSA is better than IPSC or, or the other way around it's there is some differences and for the most part they're small but they are the kind of thing that can that can uh, trip up a shooter that that doesn't recognize one which will set he's working with or whatever it might be but to me I, I mean I, I prefer shooting USPSA because I'm more familiar with it and you know people tend to gravitate towards what they know there are some things about IPSC that I do like more than USPSA, or that that, that I that I think that you know would be uh, advantageous to, to incorporate into USPSA, but uh, um, I definitely don't want to say one's better than the other. But I, I, I am more familiar with USPSA. There's there's reasons we do the things we do. But again, the things some of the things I've seen out here yesterday and today um, definitely uh, definitely like it. Like you know, for example, the uh, the written stage brief, which, as you know, range master match director, spent a lot of time agonizing over written stage briefs and trying to parse these sentences out so that there there can be no ambiguity about what it is you're trying to convey. I think the the way that IPSC does it, where they the gun is loaded and holstered, unless we tell you it's something different than get loaded and holstered. We don't we're not having to specify you know the gun is loaded and holstered. We're not saying that you're going to follow the the current rule book because we're going to follow the current rule book. So that the the written stage briefs are a lot more succinct. And with that, 
less opportunity to screw something up in a written stage brief or have a, a range RO screw something up in a written stage brief by omitting something or ad-libbing something. So that's just an example of something I think that IPSC does smoother, cleaner, tighter than we do. Um, sort of a long answer. But yeah, I agree. Uh, you agree with a long answer? <laughs> I think uh, as the case with anything, there's aspects I like and aspects I don't. And some of the things are different that nobody likes things that are different in general. So a lot of a lot of the aspects I think people don't like and they don't have a reason for not liking it. It's just because it's not the way we do it. Therefore it must suck. And uh, that's not the case in my books. You know, some of the things I, I don't like because I think they're stupid. Some of the things I, you know, I like because not, not necessarily because of the way we do it's dumb. It's just, I think their way's better. And, and a lot of the differences are very small. Um, I don't think that that uh, one is necessarily right or wrong, and I, and there's a long history that we're not going to get into on this deal about why things are different. Uh, I think the new IPSC president is uh, is is pretty cool, dude. I think he's he's got um, a good plan. I think he wants to be more similar than different. And again, without getting the history, there's a lot of things internationally that other countries just flat can't do. It's not legal in those countries. And if IPSA didn't make some of the changes that they made, then you just wouldn't be able to have IPSC in those countries. So, you know, you got to, and, and that's out of their control. So some of the stuff was, you know, concessions that they had to do in, in that regard, which I appreciate. But there's also the we're America and screw everybody else aspect of it to where, you know, we're not going to give an inch, take a mile kind of thing. And that's where a lot of the pushback uh, came from over the years, changing of the targets and you know, changing the steel and, and that kind of stuff. So I, I, I appreciate all that as well. And on that you know, same note, I think uh, our president, Mike Foley, is, is uh, on, the, on the same boat. You know, we're not going not gonna to make you know, silly concessions that are against our principles, but he, he wants things to be more aligned as well. And there's no reason it can't be. And there's things about, uh, well, we're going to talk about equipment later, but there's things about the uh, divisional, divisional, is that a word? The division standards and uh, regulations in IPSC that I like better. But that's just me liking them better. It doesn't mean that they're better. It's just, you know, kind of the way I like it. I wouldn't really care one way or the other which way they went. And the bottom line, I'm a competitor. Uh, I like to shoot. I like to compete. So I don't really care. You know, whatever the rule set is, I'm fine with it. We could go out there and shoot 16L Presidentes for a national championship, and that's cool with me. It's still going to be the best shooter's going to win, and that's, you know, that's what I'm looking to find out. Uh, we have oh, – do you have something? Well, I just um, – you know, when you talked about this, this things they can and can't do, you know, one of our newest divisions is uh, pistol caliber carbine, or PCC. I don't see that – uh, taking off internationally. I don't see in some of these countries the idea of a bunch of people running around with things that look like the uh, the, the, the black gun. Uh, I don't see that. Yeah. I don't see that happening in, in some of these countries. Not so for I, sure. I, I heard a rumor that IPSC might be looking at it. That's just a okay. 100% rumor. But there's still going to be, like you said, there's going to be places and countries that you can't run around with an AR and shoot fast. That's that's just the fact of the uh, of the times. We have a couple of uh, topics we hit on uh, in more depth, nothing super regimented, but you know, on the equipment first, and we're just going to kind of run down through a couple of different uh, differences and then get get his opinion, uh, Dan's opinion, and my opinion on on the uh, differences in, in equipment, uh, IPSC versus, versus us. So we just made a list in no particular order. I'll save the last one till last. But we had the, the mag, there's some mag length differences, and I guess that's... I know open and standard uh, magnets uh, in general. And then the, the two biggest differences in divisions equipment-wise are, are standard and production. You want to lead off? You want me to lead off? You can, yeah, you go ahead. Um, mag length, who cares? It's just, it's a pain in the ass for our competitors. It's, uh, you know, a millimeter or a millimeter and a half, or, or I don't even know exactly what the difference is, but 
you know, we've, we've got guys, we're at the Ipswich Nationals right now, this weekend going on, and, and we've got guys borrowing our grinder at Universal Shooting Academy so they can grind a millimeter off their off their base pads so they can make uh, make the length. They're, they're not losing capacity, they're not gaining capacity, it's just a pain in the ass, and they're ruining, not ruining, but adjusting their equipment to, to make it happen. Uh, so again, I don't care one way or the other, 170, 171, you know, whatever the, the rules are, doesn't matter to me. It would just be nice to see them uh, aligned. Uh, magnets, again, personally, I don't care. You know, we, we we can't have them in certain divisions. IPSC can have them in most all divisions. Um, it doesn't matter to me. If you and again, to me, it's about the about the about the shooting and about the competition. If you want to store a magnet on your on your hat, I I could give a shit. So I, to where you carry your gear doesn't really matter. Um, Let me jump in there and yeah, just kind of kind of hammer the same thing you're saying about it's the the shooter the the competitor now might have to have two sets of gear or might have to buy different magazine base pads. You know, that's that's a disservice to to our shared uh, customer, the the, the competitor. Um, and and the magnet thing, I mean, it's 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 my only concern about it. If I have a, and I like you, I, it doesn't matter. What matters though is is when a guy that's an Ipsic shooter comes and shoots a USPSA match and doesn't quite know the nuanced differences in the rules, and I mean I've I've had to bump a guy to open at a USPSA match yeah. for shooting gear that was legal in, in uh, IPSC. So I think I think you're right. These are these are not uh, differences of, of of life and death, but they are enough to make to make a shooter get bumped into open or make to make a shooter have to buy more kit. Or, and none of them matter. Like That's, either way would be f- fine. It's just, and again, it goes back to history on why things started getting changed and how they continued to get changed, which is not not topic for now. But like, if the open mag link was one seventy versus one seventy two, I mean, who cares? I don't think anybody would care one way or the other. But manufacturers could make the base pads correct, and there's even differences in the big sticks with open. Some big sticks are longer than others, so you've got to know what length you have in order to get the right base pads so you can meet whatever game you're playing. And in that particular particular regard, uh, IPSC is more restrictive than us. Uh, in some other regards, like the Magnics, for example, we're more restrictive than then. So, it, you know, again, it doesn't matter. Whichever way you want to go, it doesn't matter to me. I would just, you know, it'd be cool if they were all together. And there's there's not a huge contingent of, of uh, U.S. shooters that shoot internationally. So that's why it's never really come to a head because it's not that big of a deal for our members. There's a lot of international guys that come here. So at Universal Shooting Academy, for example, we run the Florida Open in February, uh, which is a pretty, pretty big match. We have 400 shooters this year, and it has a, a big international flavor. It always has. Uh, Frank Garcia, our founder, has got a lot of contacts around the world and has done a great job at growing that match for the last 20 years. And But it's a USPSA match. So like Dan said, we make a big, big, big point with our staff that, look, you know, take a gander, pay attention to these people's gear on the first stage, on the first day, because we can fix it. But, again, there are a lot, lot of international IPSC shooters. So they're running race holsters with a production gun. Uh, they're running 15 rounds with a production gun. And production is the biggest problem in this particular uh, instance uh, or scenario. And, if, you know, if you catch them in the beginning, they can either get a new holster, if possible. For sale at Universal Shooting right, Academy, I understand. Sale. But. Special full price day today. Um, or, you know, worst case, they can go to limited minor or something. But once they, you know, once they start competing, well, now they're going to open. So it's just one of the deals with our rules. So, again, they, personally... I don't think race holsters should be in production, but I don't really care. It's just make a decision one way or the other, and let's go compete. Um, but that's just a personal opinion. Uh, standard division, uh, if you know my history at all, you know I was a big limited shooter for a large part of my career. Uh, I was on the standard team in, in 08 in Indonesia, and I like uh, IPSC standard rule set. They have... Uh, 126 magazines, 126 millimeter length on the mags. Your your gun has to fit in the box. 
So no ginormous magwells. Uh, your gear's got to be behind your hip. Uh, I don't. That again, it doesn't matter if they if they wanted to go the other way and and allow it in in front. That I told I'd be totally fine with that as well. But I just personally like uh, IPSC standard rules better. The power factor's higher. Um, you know, shooting more of a man gun and less capacity. Um, not a lot, but a little. But that's a big prohibitor for U.S. guys at this match. So we don't, I didn't actually, I was going to say we don't have big numbers in limited or in standard division of this match, but I don't know if that's true. I was just going to make that up. <laughs> um, but you could probably verify it, so I didn't. Uh, but for a lot of U.S. guys, if you're going to come compete in standard, nobody has 126 millimeter magazines in the U.S., so you're talking about a, a three, four, five hundred $500 investment for, to shoot one match. You know, nobody's going to do that. Uh, and if IPSC went 140, I'd be fine with that too. Again, not not a big deal. And then production. Again, I don't I don't really care. I don't shoot production anyway, so it's not a big deal. I, I think both sports uh, effed up production about as largely as they could. Uh, the five pound trigger pull in, in IPSC is is dumb. I mean, I'm just saying I don't want the largest manufacturers of production guns in the world to ever sponsor me. You know, Glocks aren't aren't super competitive. Uh, H uh, HK Sig uh, Springfield, whatever. None of them. It, you know, none of the striker make it easier. None of the striker guns are going to be competitive there. Uh, I don't like the race holsters. Uh, I love the 15 rounds. So again, it's just my that's my personal opinion. I think 15 rounds is is way better, and uh, I'd love to see USPSA do that. But uh, the trigger pull is prohibitive. That's my thoughts on them things. What do you think? I'm smart. Yeah, yeah. Th- no, I, 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 yeah, we should probably find something we don't agree on here. Be more interesting. But, uh, and I, and I, I don't think we're advocating that there should be a big kumbaya and and whatever years of, of building these slight differences uh, should be immediately dismantled. Although that there's goodness there, but I, I, I think the the main thing is that. These are subtle enough differences that it can trip somebody up. And these are subtle enough differences that people are, as you say, not seeing the value. I mean, if you're going to go to a single-stack match, you're going to get a single-stack gun. And, and, yeah, and part of my thoughts on this when we talked earlier is, like, I, I don't think the majority of the people listening to this, to my podcast, are big international shooters either. So just kind of letting them know, like, what's going on and our thoughts on what the differences are. Um Another one we had under under equipment was the equipment cards, which IPSC uses. So if you're not familiar, they give you a card. It's what, five by seven or something, and it's got a a, a large circle drawn on it that, that simulates or, or represents your belt. And they make marks on where your holster placement is, your magazine pouch placement is, or your uh, if you have a magnet where the magnet is. They record the number, the, the serial number on your gun and name and shooter number and all that stuff too and at every stage you go to in the match the you have to present this card to the range officer they verify that you've that all the the things you have are still on your belt in the proper position and then they sign off on it uh and you have to do that for every stage in the match uh total waste of time it's uh, i don't know why they do it I mean, was there was there a big problem with guys adding mag pouches throughout the match or something? And I, you know, I don't I don't get it. I think it's dumb. If you know, just like in USPSA, if you if you show up to a stage and you're you're shooting production and you've got your holster in the appendix position, that's not legal. You know, it, it's never legal. So I don't know why you have to have a special card to walk around and say, yeah, I saw that. It's not legal. You know, it's not legal anyway. The only thing that they are maybe cool for is Ipsic has a lot of warnings that aren't a penalty upon the first instance, but are penalties in subsequent instances. So we can talk about this later, but you're not allowed to take a sight picture, for example. Um, we have this really cool sheet that uh, one of our international IROA officials brought to us for this match that outlines all the warnings by rule number and all the, uh, the d- disqualification offenses by rule number. And if we had that now, I could give you more instances of warnings. But the only one I remember is the, is the side picture thing. But but that's also recorded on the card. So now that it, that does kind of make sense. If you're going to have those warnings, they don't really hold a lot of weight unless 
you can enforce them. So now there's a, there's a sim, uh, system to where, let's say you go to your next stage, for example, and take a site picture, and the range officer goes to issue a warning. You know, go to your card to write it down and sees, oh, you already got a warning for that, bam. Now you got a procedural. So other than that, I could do without this. Yay. Yeah, I, uh, and and I'm going to say what you said at the beginning. Is part of it is it's it's new to me. I mean, I, I at the staff meeting the other day, I was ask, asking Troy to help me understand the purpose of the cards because it is new to me. But uh, but I definitely agree. Again, as a USPSA match official, um, there's there are things that you 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 end up tracking. Okay, how many times has that squad had a prematurely taped target when one of the good shooters on that squad had a bad run? Yeah. Uh, or how many times has that guy done that particular thing that we said don't do that anymore? Um, so I, I I like the idea of having some way of tracking the don't do that anymore uh, as opposed you know the warnings. I like the idea of being able to track the warnings. Um, that's a good I, point. We, I mean, that's something that we do in inside baseball here, but that, that's something that we do in the dark at our at my matches on USPSA stuff. Is if there's a reshoot for a premature pace of target. Uh, the officials let us know about that. You know, you don't you don't know they let us know about it, but they let us know about it. And then if you're getting, for example, five reshoots on a single stage for the same thing, then you know there may be a staff issue there. If you're getting five reshoots on five stages on the same squad, you know there may be an issue there. It's not not guaranteeing that there is. But it's just an indicator that there might be something going on. So yeah, that's, that's a good idea. That's a good instance on the on the cards as well. I'll, I'll let you, you good on that. Yeah, good. I'll let you lead the next one off. Uh, we're gonna talk about targets. So there's a lot of history here. Again, I'm not gonna dig into the history. I've been shooting a long time. Uh, IPSC has very specific targetry nowadays, and uh, what we call a classic target now, I just learned they call an ipsic target. So they don't even call it classic anymore. A, a paper target that we call the classic or the turtle target is uh, called ipsic, called an, called an ipsic target. And uh, steel, like the steel with a little titty on top that we use in America, uh, they call it a headed steel, for example. You know, those are not legal. So it's got to be the what we call an IPSC popper. Uh, actually, they also call it an IPSC popper, but it's got to be the rounded, just, just a pumpkin on top. Kind of thing. What do you think about um, killing the old man-sized target? Yeah. So, so most most folks know that we in USPSA we use both both the IPSC target and the uh, American target, which is the metric target, which is a little confusing okay. for for many people. That that's a good point. Uh, we don't use a metric system, but America USPSA uses metric targets. Um, in both of those situations, you mentioned the the, the headed steel and the target itself. Um, I think this goes to that. Uh, I don't. I don't think. That, I don't think it's fair to say political correctness, but you could certainly say political environment. Where in these other countries, the idea of standing there and shooting a a silhouette of a human being um, is 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 frowned on. So they they don't have the heads and, on the targets. And farther than that, and flat out illegal. You, know, you can't do it. And that's what I had to do earlier. Like some of the concessions they had to made had to make, and this is one of them. I'm throwing out Germany. Nothing is Germany. I don't even know their laws. But like Germany, for example, you cannot shoot a silhouette target, period, ever, end of story. So if IPSC didn't make some concession there in designing a new target, and this has been around for many years, obviously, but you know, if they didn't do something, then Germany would not be able to have IPSC. Again, I'm just making up Germany. I don't know if that's the case there. But but it's a, it's a nuanced thing as well where... I don't want to be too in the weeds on this stuff, but as a calibration officer in USPSA, uh, when you're when you're called to calibrate a steel that didn't fall because it took a hit, um, if you shoot a uh, a, pop, a pepper popper that's got a head on it, if you shoot it above the pumpkin, above the calibration zone in that head, uh, and the target goes down, or if you if you shoot it in the in the head and it goes down, that's considered failing the calibration because you shot it above the calibration zone. So it's it's another one of these things where it's it's an unanticipated consequence of you've made it a little harder for the calibration officer or a little uh, given him an opportunity to screw up or you've given him a chance to help somebody that he likes which hopefully doesn't happen much but hmm. but uh, 
Um, See, I never thought about that, Mr. Rangemaster. You devious dicks. Well, it's, I mean, it, it, you got to think that it happens, right? You got to think that there's a time when uh, it's, if, if Kristen was still shooting, I would totally be shooting headshots if I had to calibrate <laughs> for her, but. That's my wife, for those of you who don't, don't know Kristen. Uh, I agree. Again, I'll go back to, I'm, I'm here to compete and I'm here to shoot. And I'm here to see who the best shooter is. I don't care if we're shooting pizza boxes or bullseye targets or, or classic targets or metro targets. You know, I will say that, you know, I'm, I'm a redneck American and the give an inch, take a mile thing. So I, I would never support or advocate getting rid of the metric target uh, because it's just a slippery slope. Again, give an inch, take a mile. You give them this, they're, they're not going to be happy with that. They're going to want more. Um, so I, and I, and frankly, I prefer the classic target. It's a smaller target. It's a, it's a higher accuracy intensive target from a mass director standpoint. It's a smaller box to store and carry and pay shipping on. Heads, heads don't break off. Yeah, the heads don't bend over. Uh, if you're if you're a guy that has to drive to the range and set up his practice for the day and drive home, it's a much easier, compact-er target to carry around in the trunk of your car and your in your in your tailgate or on your pickup. Um, so I prefer the classic target, but. I, I am a big, big fan of the Metro Target. Our sport is martial and roots, including Ipsic, because we started Ipsic in America. And uh, I got no problem shooting at dudes. So <laughs> you know, I would never, ever advocate for getting rid of the metric. Or, yeah, getting rid of the metric. I think we should have the option here in the U.S. But when it comes to shooting and competing, I don't, you know, I could care less what we shoot at. Uh, the steel thing is just annoying. You know, the, I don't know, I don't know Ipsic's reason for getting rid of our, I call, I'll call it the headed steel or the, the titty on top steel. Uh, I, I assume, you know what you do when you assume, but because it, it, it looks silhouette-ish that they don't want it, they just wanted the pumpkin on top. Um, I'm just totally making that assumption. I don't know if that's true or not, but why else? And I don't know why else they would do it. It just made it, it made it a pain in the ass for me. Because now if you want to hold an Ipsic match, you couldn't <laughs> use, I had to buy thousands and thousands of dollars worth of new steel years ago when we started this Ipsic thing. Uh, but again, in terms of what target I'm shooting, I don't care. And mass directorship, if you don't have additional steel on top of a steel target, it weighs less. And being the guy that has to carry them around, uh, I'm no problems with them weighing less. <laughs> uh, so again, don't care, but those are my opinions. Uh, procedures, that's where it gets a little weird. So a couple of them we're going to hit on, they have uh, no sight pictures. The, the load and make ready procedure is much more streamlined. And you and said load and make ready because that's a range command, right. which is part of the procedure. Because I'm, I'm solid. Uh, it's much more streamlined. Yeah, you can't take sight pictures. The uh, I'll let you go down the list. You lead off. So, well, so, we're going to so say the same shit anyway. But but so the, the first thing we talked about is you're, you're not allowed to preview the stages. In fact, you're, you're not allowed to walk onto the stage until you've been getting the, given the written stage brief by the, the chief range officer, and then you get to walk the stage. I like that rule. If nothing else from a perspective, when you're trying to run a, when you're trying to run a stage, trying to round everybody up that's anxious, anxious to go down and talk over their stage plan with all their buddies when you're trying to get the WSB or trying to even account for everybody. You know, I'm looking for 10 shooters. I got, I got six of them looking at me and, and six of them looking at the stage or, or whatever they're doing. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little more restrictive and, and that's, that's always tough, but everybody I've seen out here, uh, the last couple of days, they've, they've respected it. They, no one's complained about it. They're it's, it's new to them. Um, but, but, but it does keep, it does keep the squad intact so you can do the admin stuff you need to do to get this, the stage moving and, you know, match management, uh, stage management, it's all, it's all about time and efficiency. And if you can keep the squad together at the beginning and not have them wandering off. I think that's useful. So I like that no preview of the stages, the no site picture thing, uh, you know, uh, again, I, uh, I used to shoot IDPA before I, st I shot USPSA. They have that rule in IDPA. I, I kind of get it. Um, and, and again, as a range officer, when you, when you have someone that spends an inordinate amount of time making ready and multiple site pictures and such, it's a little, he's talking about Max Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Max. Uh, but but it's uh, 
it's one of those uh, I I would like I like the idea of being able to take a sight picture particularly these days shooting a, shooting a dot the way the the way the light is on the stage makes a difference with yeah. where I adjust that dot so uh, in the Ipsic rules you're allowed to look at your dot pointed at the ground in front of you but you can't look at the stage and it, and it so it's it's I got a piece of equipment I bought to shoot this sport that I can't really check before I shoot the stage so I being able to take a sight picture I think is a, is a good thing for 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 the sport um, they've got another rule where you can't leave the shooting area you can't cut corners and USPSA you know it's you got to shoot from within the shooting area but you you can you can run wherever you want to um, to, get, to get to where you want to shoot as long as it's in the shooting area uh, in a in a way again from a match official or a match uh, manager perspective that makes it easier because there's times there's times when we're building stages or designing stages and we're like, well, what if somebody does this? We got to figure out. A lot of times there'll be a safety issue involved if the shooter decides he's going to leave the shooting area and and take off at a dead run to do something clever. Sometimes sometimes the RO can't follow him. Sometimes the RO can't take that same route. So yes, it's a little more restrictive. I see the I see the goodness in it. Um, it, it definitely makes it easier to run the stage because you don't have to worry about the shooter going any place he wants to uh, with a hot gun and you're, you're trying to follow him without getting in his way. Um, but having said that, in USPSA, we don't have that rule and it doesn't really, it doesn't, it doesn't irk me. I don't think we need to change it. Um, but it, uh, I, I, I see the goodness in, in from a, a stage management of keeping the people in the shooting area the whole time they got a hot gun. Um, and then the other thing that they they tend to do, Ipsic, as I understand, I'm relatively new, is the walkthrough is is it's all right, guys. You, here's your here's your stage brief, and you're we get done with the stage brief. You got any questions? And you got three minutes. Now, it's not it's not uh, because they don't have all that lingering time before they get there. They because they're not walking the stage while you're doing the stage brief which or, I want or the day before or the day before um, they've got less time on the stage and, and again going back to IDPA I I, I think there's it's okay to, to limit the amount of time people spend walking the stage um, but you know it's you're never going to be able to equally balance that if you if you if you help build the stage you're definitely going to get a chance to walk it of course the, I like the idea of incentivizing people to help build stages. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to tie that into uh, our next topic because we're running a little longer than I thought. Uh, our next topic is going to be stage stuff, which is the ratio. Uh, IPSC has a recommended ratio of what we call three, two, one. So three short stages, which is 12 rounds or less for every two medium courses which is 24 rounds or less for every one long course which is 32 rounds uh, or less which is drastically different it's than, not like the monster match at all yeah no not at all uh, drastically different than USPSA so we have 16 stages in this match for example and I'm gonna have to do math here quit my head really quick but I think we have uh, nine uh, five and two or is that equal seven God damn, I got it right. <laughs> that was luck. Um, so nine short stages of 12 rounds or less. You know, some of them are eight. Uh, one of them is seven. I think seven's the shortest one here. And a couple of 12s. And then uh, five mediums and, and only two uh, long stages. That ties in drastically to what Dan's talking about with the, the preview of the stages. Uh, so in the USPSA match where you've got eight or 10 uh, largely big field courses, multiple positions and moving targets and, you know, 20, 30, 40 rounds, that makes it, that would make it much more difficult. So this match, for example, national championship, 16 stages, there's really only two, maybe three stages that you're going to want to get on the ground and take a look at, which you can't do prior to your three minute walkthrough. The other 12, 14 stages, you can see everything there is to be done from the back. It doesn't matter. It's very straightforward, three positions, two positions, one position, uh, just shoot them. So that makes the, the lack of the walkthrough 
and the shorter walk, the lack of preview and the shorter walkthrough, way less of an issue. Uh, I think that would be a much greater issue if that were the rule at USPSA. Yeah. So, or the Monster Match. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Monster Match is 50 round stages. Uh, so you couldn't do one or the other. I mean, if you were going to adapt, like if USPSA, for example, was going to try to adapt the, the, we call it a closed, a closed range. So the, the, on during registration day, staff day, whatever, you know, you can never, ever walk on the stage until you're the squad competing there at that time and you've had your walkthrough. Until then, you stay back at the overhang under the road, at the road, and you, you can't walk on the stage. Um, a USPSA match, general general USPSA match, for example, uh, I, that wouldn't fly because the stages are too complicated. Um, and I don't, again, I don't dislike it. I don't dislike Ipsic's rule on that. It just wouldn't work with it with the Americans' flavor of stage of stage design. Um, the the USPSA or the IPSC ratio I like personally. I like the three two one. I'm a technical guy. I'm, I, I like to think I'm an accurate shooter, so I like the shorter, quicker, uh, accuracy intensive stuff. But most of America doesn't. I mean, the first match I ever started on my own, like Dan said, was the monster match, 50 round stages. You know, that's not my thing. That's not my preference. But I know that's what the customers like. We want to go shoot. Shit, we're Americans. Let's go shoot stuff. Lots. You know, so, yeah. So I put on I put on big stages. Uh, the sight picture thing. I'm kind of indifferent on too. I, I could go either way. It's it definitely throws you out of your game. So if you are ever going to go shoot an IPSC match, you need to practice. You know, then not doing your normal five minute routine at load and make ready. And no dry fire too. It's no sight picture. Yeah, no dry fire. No dry fire. Yeah, can't rack it. You you stuff a mag, load the gun, holster it, and you get ready to rock. Um, so I've been doing that for the last couple of last month or so at the local matches, and even during my practice. Uh, just during a regular drill, there's no sight picture. I just jam the mag and, and go because it does throw you off. So if you're not ready for that, uh, you're talking about IDPA, and I don't shoot much IDPA either. I shoot the Florida State match, and that's about it. Uh, but last year, not this year, last year at the Florida State, on this one particular stage, they brought uh, during the walkthrough, on this one particular stage after the walkthrough, they put everybody online and load and made ready everybody. And then you couldn't leave. There was a little cantonment area there. You couldn't leave that area. So when you were when you were up, you walk up to the line, stand by, beep. That fucks you up. <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no make ready. There's no sight picture. There's no you know just pulling the gun out and and fondling it and putting it back, and it just totally gets you out of your routine. And all that was pretty cool, especially for IDPA because I think that's supposed to be tactical, even though it's not. But it throws it threw me for a loop for sure on that stage that day, and uh, Ipsic's the same way with their with their make ready procedure. So it's something you need to get used to. Uh, the cutting corner things. I, I don't want to be a wishy washy guy because I'm not, but here I could go either way too. I got two hats on. So from a competitor standpoint, uh, I don't care. I'm there to compete. So I look at it like if it were football or a sport. You know, that is your playing field. You've got to stay within the playing field to play. So I understand that. You, you can't leave the playing field. If that were if that were their basis on the rule, then I'm cool. Um, other hat, mass director standpoint, I think it limits me some because I try not to set the guys and gals up for failure. So now we're having, I try to put barriers. And so if there is a corner you got to go around, I try to put a barrel or a wall or something there so the guy's not going to be tempted to bust the corner and get 27 procedurals. Um, but it also limits you in stage design because sometimes I do it on purpose. You know, I may put two shooting areas on purpose in a stage or I may uh, set up a wall and a division barrier where maybe it's better to go out and around and, and you know those things I would do with intention. So it limits me in, in stage design, but really not to the detriment. I, I really don't care. Again, it's either way is fine. Um... The other thing we had on ratio, on uh, stage stuff, or oh, what do you think about the ratio? You like it? or yeah, and, I, and, I, and I do like that too. I like the three, two, one, but again, I'm more of a technical shooter, and I know that's not the American thing, so that's never going to fly here. But, uh, but I personally like it. Well, I guess maybe I would say I like the idea of it, but remember, it got you in a bind. You, you, 
the stages yeah. you initially, as the match director, as the stage designer, you originally were slightly out of whack. And and uh, it'd be nice if, and again, if you if you make exceptions to rules, people will just walk right through it. But but uh, you originally were 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 going to have a slightly off ratio. Right? right. The way I read there, and it's not a rule; it's a guideline in the sanctioning process and some paperwork that you have to fill out. Uh, and I don't have it in front of me, but the way it was written and the way I, or the way I read it was you will attempt to closely follow the ratio suggestion or ratio rule or ratio whatever. Uh, and I was close. I had I think I had four longs and six shorts or something. So, you know, it wasn't exactly was close. Uh, but yeah, when I sent out for the sanctioning, they, they, they wouldn't allow that. They busted me down, so I had to make adjustments. So basically I had to make, uh, you know, two longs into mediums and two mediums into shorts or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, but, the, but in the same breath, the guy in the same breath, the same email, the guy said, you know, but if you want a higher round count, you can just add more stages. You know, I'm like, Oh, what the hell? If, <laughs> if, if higher round counts, okay, why don't you just let me have higher round count? You know, like everybody wants to come shoot. Why do, why are you gonna make it hard? Like now it's more shit. I got to build more staff. I got to have more time in the schedule. You got to have and, but whatever, you know, it's their world. I'm just living in it. So wasn't in, wasn't in, into the world. Uh, last thing we're going to finish up on is a little testy subject, but uh, it's just on competitors and general attitude. I'll, uh, I know you got some thoughts on this, but I'll lead off in, we, we see this a lot in the, in the, at Universal because we have a big international uh, clientele with uh, students and competitors. The Florida Open's always been a largely internationally populated match. And, you know, I don't know at what level, but, and again, I don't have a huge amount of experience in IPSC, but in, in a lot of the international markets, the competitors don't paste targets. You don't reset the stage. And that comes into play in some other areas too, some stuff we talked about today at the match with, competitors taping targets and, and causing reshoots and some other things like that. So it plays in, it plays in a couple of different areas. Uh, but one of them is when they come here, you know, they've never pasted a target in their life. They don't know which side is the sticky side and it causes a bone of contention with our guys and that, you know, these dudes ain't patient they suck. And, and in many instances they do suck, but in many instances, they don't know any better. You know, it's just a cultural thing. That's not what they do where they're where they're from. They're they've never pasted a target. That's that's not what you do there. Uh, but in the U.S., it doesn't work that way. So, you know, you gotta you gotta kick in and and support the squad just like we do. Um, so just you know, that is what it is. It's it's always been an issue around here, uh, around here being Universal Shooting Academy. I don't think it's anybody's fault. It would be awesome if we could afford to have an extra 50 people run around the range and taping targets, but unless you want to pay $500 match fees, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, attitude. We, we didn't, we didn't pre scrub this topic, but, um, Troy McManus is my range master here. The head of DNROI. He's the range master for this match. And he was saying something like our start positions. Like to me, I'm a competitor first. So I think it's about the competitor and I keep the start positions as uh, liberal is not the right word, but like I try to take it away from the range mat from the range officer, basically to where it's, it's as loose as it can be as, as minimal amount of guidelines to meet the start position requirements as possible. Because as a competitor, I can't stand when the ROs like you're not standing erect enough. And I'm like, dude, what does that mean? Are you coming on to me or what's going on here? And, and, you know, face this way at one quarter of a degree and, and move your wrist down one millimeter. And that stuff drives me bananas. So you know, I've always made my start positions, uh, as best I can to take that away from the range officer. Cause it's not about them. It's about the competitor. You know, if you're, if your toes are touching this mark, I don't care what the rest of you is doing. If you want to be in a squat or a race ready or, or whatever, that's fine. Uh, Ipsic is not like that at all. Yeah, in fact, and again, in my limited experience, uh, they have an actual picture. And my limited experience is largely high-level matches, so world shoots and big matches like that. Uh, but they have a picture at the stage of a person in the start position. 
and they say, they read the start position and they point to the picture and you basically got to be looking like that, which is fine too. At least there's a standard, you know, and you, if you're not meeting that standard, then that's kind of on you, but it's pretty rigid and pretty, pretty strict. Uh, Troy was saying something about that he was not getting any pushback from uh, competitors. I think it was during staff day when he was shooting because he had a lot of international guys on his squad. Uh, they wasn't getting any pushback on the start positions like you would at a USPSA match. A lot of guys would, would say, well, why can't I face that? It doesn't, it doesn't say I can't face one degree towards the sun. Why can't? And so he, he, he his point on the, the statement was that he liked the IPSC rule of, he would just say, well, that's what the IPSC rule is, so that's what you have to do. And they would kind of shut up and do it. And the international guys would just do it anyway because that's what you said to do. You know, they you hear the rule or you hear the start position, they follow it to the T and and go and because that's the way it is there and i was laughing i go well that's probably a little bit of the america thing like internationally you know we're we're we pride ourselves on freedom and f you we're americans we're free we do what we want uh where a lot of the other countries are more rigid they they follow the law they 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 do what the the leader says type of thing so it's just a kind of again back to the cultural thing where you don't get the pushback from them because you said that's what you're supposed to do, so they do it. Well, we're we're trying to push everything we can push to get away with uh, whatever whatever we can get away with. You can, you can hit on those things if you want. And then if you want to hit the <clears throat> excuse me, if you want to hit the language thing, I'll let you touch on that. Yeah. So so and it's it's almost off of off of the IPSC USPSA thing, but the start position. I as a as a shooter and a match official, I hate it when I. The RO tells me anything except for the range commands. If, if, if it's, it interrupts the flow, if the RO is saying, you know, you need to turn your head a little bit more, or you're yeah, you're messing it, with my chi. Well, it, you're. And I've walked off the line before. I mean, single second nationals one year. I was in I was in my ready position, and it wasn't the timer RO. It was the guy sitting his fat butt in a chair, and I heard him say something, and then there was this long pregnant pause, and finally I turned my head, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Why, why aren't you beeping me? He said, well, you need to ha have your hands this way or something stupid. I said, all right. So I get ready again. The RO, stand by. And then the guy in the chair says something again. And I turn. And, and by that point, that's bullshit. You know, you're, you're messing with a competitor. And I drew my gun. I'm loading show clear. I said, I'll come back later when you guys figure it out. But that back, that's back to the, it's not about you, man. It's about the competitor. But but as a, as a match official, you know, if if the if the... If the start position is facing downrange, and none of the start positions in this match say facing downrange, if it says facing downrange by rule, we need to make them face downrange. As a as an RO, I hate having to do that. You know, you're cutting your eyes in the wrong direction. You've got your head slightly turned. I don't want I don't want to enforce that. I don't want to talk to that guy except for giving the range commands. I, yeah. it, it, you're, 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 you're pushing against what we've been kind of indoctrinated to do, which is to give the range commands and just the range commands. But now I need to correct your posture. Uh, I don't want to correct your posture. I just want to give you the range commands and have you shoot the stage. As a, as a match official and as a shooter, I just want to shoot the stage. So totally agree with you on that. And that does tie in with the language thing is, uh, I've always, you know, I've been doing this stuff for about 10 years now and, and it, Give the range commands verbatim as whatever game you're playing, and, and you know, whether it's USPSA, IDPA, IPSC, speak only the range commands, um, because some of these guys don't speak English. For, you know, you, you hear that for ten years. Well, you know, I, I had to have had ten shooters today that didn't speak of English, and you know, the the language difference does. You know, it, it, it was it's it's huge, and and one. Well, the thing we keep telling people and reinforce again is give the range commands and only the range commands. Don't don't say something that might be misinterpreted or don't say something that he isn't going to understand. Yeah. And um, I tell the my staff at the Florida Open the same thing that you know, the, the official language of USPSA is English and, uh, and IPSC is English as well. Uh, if you go shoot in Curacao, you know, or um, Aruba or whatever they may they may not speak that at their local match, but if it's a major match, it's in English. So when the guys and gals are coming here from around the world, especially the Florida Open, um, I tell my staff that just that thing, one hundred percent only the range match. Do not say, "Hey, how you doing?" Don't say, "Welcome to my stage." Don't say because they know the cadence. 
They may not speak the English, but they know the cadence. And the first thing they're expecting to hear is make ready. So if you say, hi, how you doing? You know, they're expecting that to be make ready. Now they draw their gun and now they're, you're trying to DQ them. And you know, so they, they know the pace, they know the cadence, even though they don't speak, uh, don't speak English. So the, yeah, I guess, you know, just everything, you know, we, going back to the, what we talked about at the very beginning of the, you know, why are the two different and what's, you know, this cultural differences or the, uh, the, the fact that um, we in this country, you know, we got a lot of guns here. We got a lot of people from a lot of different uh, walks of life with guns here. You know, if you think about who do we shoot with, there's some guys that are prior military. There's some guys that are not. There's some. There's a. Uh, there's IT people. There's there's. Uh, at my home club, I got doctors and lawyers, and you know it's it's. So. Some of these other countries, that's not necessarily the case. You know who has. Who has access to guns? Who 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 can afford to shoot? And it's what we were talking earlier about. In some of these, in some countries, it's it's prohibitively expensive for. A, normal middle-class dude to be shooting yeah so so now you got someone that's that's shooting a rich person's sport comes on a american vacation to to disney world to shoot a match and we're asking them to to set steel and it's uh it's rubbing against what uh yeah that's totally valid point for sure it's it's an elite it's an elite person's game outside of the u.s in in most countries no doubt and that just ain't their, uh, ain't their thing to pick up steel in a lot of, in a lot of cases. And that closes out our topics, dude. Anything else you wanted to hit on? No, no. I, I think we talked. I talked longer than I wanted to, or longer than you wanted me to. So I'm always always glad to be here. I don't know why you have me do this. I don't. Has anybody ever said why do you have that guy on the radio with you? Not yet. But if you got any questions for Dan, I can probably sucker him into it again. Let me know. Otherwise, hope you guys are getting some practice in. Hope you're shooting the match this weekend. Although you won't hear this till it's over. We're going to go fix a drink. <laughs> I'll see you on the range. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass.